It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Argo Chat. The weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Argyle Chat podcast. This is uh, Chris Arrington and um, today I'm very fortunate to have a special guest in the shape of former Argyle defender Andy Jock Morrison. Now, Andy was born in Inverness but brought up in Plymouth, started his career at Argyle and uh, went on to have success with them before playing for a number of clubs later in his career, including Manchester City, for whom he was the captain. And uh, now he is the manager of the Welsh Premier League side, Connors Key Nomads. And uh, we'll have a chat with Andy in a, a few moments about uh, all things to do with Argyle, Manchester City, Connors Key Nomads, managing in Euro- Europa League ties. And he's got a fascinating story to tell. So um, really good to catch up with him. But first of all, we should look back um, to Argyle's game against Charlton Athletic on Saturday. A 2-0 defeat and um, it leaves Argyle clearly um, still in the thick of the relegation fight in League One. Four points clear of the relegation zone with five games to play, so it is a bit close for comfort. Looking at that Charlton game, uh, you consider that Charlton are fifth in the table and been on an excellent run of form. I thought in the first half Argyle were uh, the better side and, and you know caused Charlton lots of problems. The problem with Argyle all season and it, it flares up every now and then is their inability to take the chances that they create and it does prove costly and it, it was on Saturday against Charlton. Obviously the, the main one that we will talk about when you refer to not taking chances as the penalty that Graham Carey had in the 38th minute. It was nil-nil. Carey normally goes, um, you know, for the corners. Quite often he aims quite high up as well. You know, goes to the top corner of the net. On this occasion he went down the middle, um, which was unusual for him. Uh, I think you have to give credit to the Charlton keeper, Dylan Phillips. Lots of goalkeepers seem to be doing uh, what he did at penalties now. And when they dive, they make sure that they flip their legs out and uh, make their body as wide a target as possible to try and get any sort of block on the ball. It paid off for him. I I remember Jordan Pickford for England in the World Cup penalty shootout against Colombia, the same sort of penalty where the hands are diving one way, but they can still use the legs to make the save. And and that's what he did. And then Argyle hit by the sucker punch just a couple of minutes later with a a cross coming in, the, the cross came in far too easily. And uh, Lyle Taylor and you know Argyle and the fans know all about his goal-scoring threat. You know, a, a relatively three-header from six yards out, he's not going to miss that. If Argyle could have maybe regrouped at the start of the second half, it could have been a different story. But, you know, in the 40, 47th minute, they're 2-0 down. Uh, another goal which uh, Argyle should have defended better. Uh, some good play from Johnny Williams, an excellent run down the left for Charlton. But again, he's got the ball into the box. And uh, Edwards and Canavan are both in, and, and Macy are all in and around it. But somehow the ball's uh, gone in off uh, Igor Vettikeli, possibly off uh, Noel Canavan as well. We, we weren't quite sure whether to award that to Vettikeli or as an own goal. Um, so there's a, 
a bit of a debate about uh, how to credit that goal, but it was 2-0, and you have to say after that, Argyle huffed and puffed, but they never really looked like they were going to get back into the game, and uh, it uh, fizzled out really into a comfortable 2-0 win for Charlton. I thought Charlton were good, only after they took the lead. Um, for that first you know, 40 minutes, Argyle were, were the better side, but uh, they're at the stage of the season now where they need to... Um, to be picking up some results and, and wins. So uh, we'll see how the, the week shapes up this week. Obviously, Argyle are at Doncaster on Saturday. So that's another difficult test for them. Doncaster six in the table. They're on a good run of form. They're strong at home. So um, that's going to be a tough game. But uh, we can uh, discuss that on the Plymouth Live website and uh, with some uh, video content that we'll do later on in the week. Um, so like I say, I think now's a good time to have a chat with with Andy Morrison, and uh, we can catch up with uh, with what he's been up to. So um, I hope you enjoy this interview. Hello. Well, on Argyle Chat this week, I'm delighted to be joined by former Argyle defender and uh, a man of many uh, talents during his fo- football career, Andy Morrison. Andy, thank you very much for joining the podcast this week. Um, great to have you on board. Um, first of all, you know, you, you grew up in Plymouth. You started your career at, uh, at Argyle. Do, do you still sort of keep an eye on what's going on at Home Park? Yeah, of course. You know, it's always uh, one of the results I look for when a game's finished and, you know, you flip through all the scores and that. And um, I always take a keen interest in how Plymouth is still doing. Uh, and you're taking your first, or you're, you're in management at the moment, I should say, with... Um, Connors Key Nomads, who are in the Welsh Premier League, and, and you're having a good season. I wondered if you could just tell the uh, the listeners about uh, how you've been getting on this season. Yeah, we've had uh, we've had a successful season, and you know we've done well since since I went in there three years ago. When you know we've had back to back, well, we've had three campaigns in Europe, um, and you know we qualified for Europe again this year, and we've done well in a couple of cup competitions. So we're in the, the Welsh Cup final, we're the holders of the Welsh Cup. And um, we did really well in the Scottish Challenge Cup, where the, the top two teams get invited in from Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland, and from Wales um, to compete in it. And um, you know, we managed to get to the final and played played Ross County, who was uh, obviously Derek Adams' old team. Yes, yes, I was going to ask you about that one. I mean, uh, st- slightly slightly strange for a, for a team from Wales to be in the Scottish Challenge Cup final. You know, what what was that experience like? It was played up at uh, Inverness's Stadium, which is your um, hometown, of course. Yeah, it was a fantastic experience. You know, we did it last year and we, we, we were beat by Dumbarton in, in uh, extra time and the last kick of the game and they got to the final. So we always felt we could compete, um, you know, and we've, um, we had some tough games along the way, Falkirk away, you know, an established championship team. And then we went to Hampden Park, which was a fantastic evening. We beat Edinburgh City and we beat Coleraine from Northern Ireland. So, you know, it culminated in, um, in a game in Inverness, obviously, where I was born. So... It was a it was a fantastic uh, occasion, and uh, we just come up short. We were we were winning for seventy five minutes, and then uh, I just think you know the fitness levels and the, the quality that Ross County had, who will be a Premiership team next year. You know, they'll be playing at Ibrox and at Celtic, so that was the, the caliber of team we were up against. Yeah, I was going to say Ross County for, for for listeners that don't know. Obviously, Derek Adams, former side, as you rightly say, Andy, and they're top of the Scottish Championship and and look fairly well clear of second place Dundee United. So, you know, as you say, they'll be in the Scottish Premiership um, next season. You know, your your team, Andy, part time players. We've got um, about eleven full time players. Okay. Now, which we try 
living, you know, it's been going through a transition now for probably 18 months, trying to go full time, and it's, uh, it's it's not an easy process to 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 maintain that, you know, the standards and win games of football, which we, we have to do, and also, you know, just changing over um, and trying to, you know, become a, a full time team. It's it's um, it's not an easy process, and you know, we're getting there slowly, and we hopefully, you know, by the end of next season, that will be fully in place. And second in the league at the moment. Yeah, second in the league. It's going to be tough to catch TNS. You know, they've uh, you know we've, we've we've had a really good season and, and they've they've been on a very remarkable run. And um, you know, it just looks like they're going to pick us in the league this this season. But you know, it um, still doesn't take away from what a, what a fantastic season we've had. And it started quite early, didn't it? Because you were in the Europa League qualifiers, I believe. That's right. It's um, we played at the Welsh Cup final last year. I think it was May the fifteenth, and we won that, and then. We were back on the first of uh, June, so you know you're literally it's it's a 50 week season for us yeah. in the Welsh system. We obviously, when we exit Europe, we get the opportunity then to have maybe 10 days, um, you know, to get away with the families and have a holiday and that. But it is relentless, and you know it's been like that now for for a good five, six, seven years for me. Because um, you know when I was at Airbus before, we had three years of European football, so it's uh, it's it's certainly asking and, and t- it's a, it's a it's a testing time with the uh, And the Europa League, where have you been? Uh, I'm sure you've been to some exotic places in games like that. Yeah, the first first year we went to Starbuck in Norway and we, we actually beat them um, and got through to the, to the the next round. And we went then to Vojvodina of Serbia. Um, we've been to Helsinki and Shakhtar Solidarts in Belarus. So, yeah, but it's, it's been a fantastic experience. Yeah, okay. And it really is. It, it's a great, it's a great adventure. And um, doesn't last very long, to be fair, because... You're playing against European teams, and um, like I say, you know, we're just a, a very small nation that's that's competing against. You know, we went to Hel- so we beat Helsinki at home one 0 but then we went out there and lost. So um, yeah, it's 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 a fantastic experience, but you know, the standard is incredibly high. I think you've been uh, at Connors Key since November t- 2015, Andy. You know how how much have you enjoyed your time at the club? Yeah, it's been terrific. You know, like well, I came in, you know, you don't get a job unless you know the previous management were struggling they were bottom of the league um, and you know we came in and the chairman had a vision of where he wanted to go and you know it tied in great with me doing my pro license as well so I managed to um, you know box everything off that I needed to help with managing a club at the same time so it's been a, it's been a fantastic time and um, you know and like I say we're, we're, we're making giant strides and, and going forward and um, you know hopefully hopefully if we, if we maintain this then And the Welsh Cup final, you say, that's coming up? Yeah, May the 5th, we played TNS in the Cup final, which yeah. um, obviously we're, we're, we're defending it. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to that. We've got three big games before that, but you know, obviously that'll be the, 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 the final game in the season. So hopefully we'll work on a, on a good note. I was trying to think of some any Plymouth Argyle links with the, the Welsh Premier League. Is, is Rhys Griffiths still involved? Yes, Rhys is... Um, Managing that penny bond, which yeah. is in the league, the southern league, like the league below, and they're going to get promoted this year. So, okay. mm. so Reece will, will be managing in the Welsh Premier League next year. Yeah, because he had a short spell at Argyle. He gave up his job as a firefighter and uh, had a season with with Argyle yeah, under yeah. Carl Fletcher, yeah. if I remember rightly, so a few years well, ago. Right. So, yeah. um, but I couldn't think of too many other 
um, sort of Plymouth Argyle links with the Welsh Premier League. But um, no, it sounds as though it's going really well. I mean, what's what's the aim for Connor's Connor's key to sort of become Welsh champions? Is that the next sort of step to make? That, that's the obvious step, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's a big ask. Um, mm. you know, we, we, like I say, we've had a great season this year and we've still not been able to, 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 to close, you know, close the gap and get it close enough to actually challenge. You know, we've been there about all season, but, you know, they've just come through now. So, obviously, that's the... Um, that's the aim is to, is, is to, to win the title and um, you know, we, we hope to do that within the next two or three years. Now obviously um, the Argyle fans know you well from, from your time down at Home Park. Um, you know, look, looking back on, on your time at Argyle, Andy, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Just a magical time for me. Do you know, I, I grew up um, supporting Plymouth and you know, my, dad, my dad took me to games and you know, my, my, my earliest memories were um, you know, the, the quarterfinal and I was just thinking about that last night. It's um, you know waking up on a Tuesday night for the replay, waiting for you know, TSW TV to come out. Yes. So, which it seems surreal, really, now with um, you know with the internet now. And um, you know when it came through, and I think it was one nil, and like Andy Rogers scored. You know which got us through to the obviously the semi final. So yeah, I, you know I grew up watching Plymouth, and, um, and then I was fortunate enough to to get an apprenticeship. And you know you need a you need a lot of luck in life. I was very fortunate to have really good people around me. Um, you know, I, I literally came off the fishing boats into the into the, the into the football world. You know, when I was a bit raw, and you know, I had good people. You know, Lee Cooper and Kevin Hodges and John Gazelle, and really good role models around me who, who helped me and directed me a lot at, at that stage. Yeah, and you mentioned some good players' names from the past. There, Kevin Hodges, of course, is the Argyle academy manager at the moment, so he's still passing on wisdom to to young players all these years later. So it's important for any player coming through the ranks to have people can, they can talk to and, and, you know, take advice from, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, it's just the standards that they set. And I, I very quickly understood the, the sacrifices and the lengths you had to go to to, to, to be, you know, I'm with Tommy Tynan as well. You know, Tommy was slightly different as Tommy was just an out-and-out winner. He had to win at everything he did. Yeah. And, And, you know, just from hearing you talk about the, the, the course final against Derby and you were a fan, you know, what was it like for you then to, to find yourself playing in the first team for, for effectively your hometown club? I know you were born in Inverness, but, you know, I think Plymouth was almost your home in lots of ways, wasn't it? What was, what was that like? Team and, and, I, and I, I done it at the age of seventeen, you know, so I was incredibly proud and 
Dave Smith, I, I know a little bit. Um, you know, I've met him over the years, and uh, you know what a character Andy. I mean, what, what was he like to play for? He was a fabulous man. You know, he still is. Mm. He's still going strong. Yeah. Knowing Dave, and um, and he was. Yeah. Listen, when 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 we were at that age, and you know, we were so impressionable by everyone. You know, he was a manager, and for me, he was God. You know, every day you came in, you were just waiting, hopefully you'd catch a glimpse of him so that he would speak to you. And um, and then when you actually, you know, when you when you started to make a mark and play in the first team, or you were doing well, you know, just little words of wisdom from him meant so much and um, you know, he had such a such an impact on me as a young man and you know and I'll always be indebted to him for that I've had a few questions uh, Andy for you from, from our listeners um, Steve Ramsey's a, a regular listener and he says what's, what's Andy's special memory of his time at Argyle well there's two it's obviously my debut as a 17 year old and yeah. then um, we were having a we were in a relegation battle and um, I scored the winner against Ipswich at home as a header from a, a set piece and uh, we won 1-0 which took us out of and gave us a little bit um, closer towards that 50 point so um, I just remember being extremely proud for a few days after that that I'd scored the winner for, for you know, obviously my hometown club. Richard Sloman, again a, a regular listener, said um, who was your toughest opponent? I wasn't allowed to take the ball off him or tackle him, you know, where you were always getting threatened every day by him. But I, I say that with a smile on my face because that's just the way Tommy was. Yeah. You know, every single training session, every small sided game, every sprint, every shooting session that we had, Tommy had to win it, you know. And like I say, it, it, it made me understand just how competitive, you know, the area, the arena of football is and how, and how you had to, every single training session, every day, you had to try and yeah, he didn't get all those goals by chance, did he? No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, Cornish Jack's asked a, a question. The question he's asked is, how do you defend against the cross? Now, I suspect that he's asked that question, Andy, because Argyle conceded two goals against Charlton on Saturday where the defending against crossing wasn't brilliant. But on, on a sort of general sort of... How important is it for a team to be well drilled as a defence, you know, as a unit, in, and stop crosses coming in and win headers? You know, in, in your experience, what's the, what's the key to a team defending well? I think it's hard work on the training ground, mm. first and foremost. You know, I think everybody has to know what their roles and responsibilities are. And, you know, and um, fortunately for me, you know, the three seasons I've been managing, we've had the best defensive record. You've come across Derek Adams, Andy? Oh, only fleeting. Mm. You know, at a couple of Argyle legend games, yeah. I've met him and, and, and just said hello. And uh, but nothing, no, no in-depth uh, meetings. No. 
because he's obviously known reasonably well up in the Highlands from his time at Ross County, who who he managed to get into the Scottish Premiership, which was uh, no mean achievement, was it? No, exactly. I think he's you know very very well thought of. You know, up here I was lucky, fortunate enough to meet the the, the owner chairman of Ross County, and you know he spoke highly of, of Derek. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure everybody up here is uh, very grateful for what he did for the club. Now, obviously, you left Argyll and went to Blackburn Rovers and went on and had a, a very successful career you know what what were the career highlights for you after you left Argyle Andy well not enough to be perfectly honest you know um, I, I suffered with um, with injuries you know I picked up my first knee injury when I was about 19 at Plymouth you know, I ended up having 13 operations on my left knee which just made it very hard to, to get any um, you know to get any rhythm in your football you know you, you need to get fit and stay fit and then you start to, to hit form and then you maintain that and injuries really set you back and so, you know, obviously captain Manchester City to back-to-back promotions and, uh, back into the Premier League was um, will, will, will always be the highlights. Yeah. Um, you know, and making my debut for, for Blackburn, you know, in a 3-0 win against Wimbledon, you know, when you're, you're playing with the likes of Shearer and, um, and players of that calibre at the time, you know, was a, was a, was a great privilege. Um, but, you know, for... When I look back, I, I think in many in many ways I overachieved with the challenges that I had. But I think on ability and what what I could have done, you know, a few times, you know, I, I definitely underachieved. I think some of our younger listeners, and we we do have a few, sort of might have done a double take when you said that you captained Manchester City to back to back promotions. Now, obviously, City were a bit different then to the club now, but that's quite a thing to have on your CV. I mean, how? Do, do you do you feel proud of the part that you've the small part that you played, but an important part nonetheless in Manchester City being where they are now? Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously the club was in a was in a different um, a different era back then, and, yeah. and it really was difficult. You know, and um, the, the the obviously investment that we put in place was a long way off, and you know, but for that to for that to happen, they, they, they needed to be an established Premier League club, and you know, and I think the the Players and the management from that that period, you know, are, are, are held in great esteem and and fondly remembered because you know they, they turned a, a sinking ship around really because um, you know the relegations or back to back relegations they had and the club were in a were in a difficult position and you know to to to, go, to get back to back promotions um, and change the direction of the club you know the, the, the group around that period will always be remembered by the fans and. You know, still to this day, I'm you know, still working at City. I'm an ambassador on match days and um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looked after. So you go there on the match days and meet meet, meet fans and things like that? Yes, meet fans and meet and greet and, um, you know, support branches and that. And as long as it doesn't coincide with, obviously, my job at uh, Connors Key, you yeah. know, then I, I'm always there. And, um, you know, it's 20 years this year since, since we actually had the 99 um, game, which is, you know, which is a famous part of the club's history you know we had the, the two late goals in, in the 92nd and 95th minute to take it to, to extra time and um, you know so we're going to have a big get together this year and celebrate that occasion yeah 20 years ago was that 20 years wow ago, cracky I can remember that was an amazing game wasn't it I mean uh, that must be right up there in your career highlights that one it was it was fantastic yeah. and for so many reasons you know for, yeah. for me personally as well as the club so yeah Occasion and, and it will be well remembered this year. 
it's nice that you're still connected with Manchester City. Um, they're, they're going for the for the quadruple. You know, what what do you reckon their their chances of of achieving that? I mean, it's an unheard of, but I mean, it, you couldn't rule it out, could you? No, you can't. You can't rule it out. Um, you know, I think uh, there there'll be odds, well odds, on favourites against Watford. Yes. So there's a double. You know, the two cups and mm. the league is going to go. You know, it'll be tit for tat all the way down to the final game. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? So as you've seen City a bit, you know what everyone knows about Pep Guardiola. But any thoughts on what makes him so good? You know, you've seen City a little bit. You know, what what, what does he do that that sort of separates him from from the rest? Well, I've, I've been fortunate, you know, to have spent some time with him, and um, as part of my pro license, you know, we went into City for three days, and um, you know, we got an hour question and answer with him, and the, the thing that stood out most for me was his just passion and his, and his hunger and his desire to, to, to win, I found it's quite remarkable for, for somebody that um, has done what he did at Barcelona and then, you know, carried that on again at Bayern Munich and then has come into City, you know, to actually have the hunger and the, you know, almost obsession to, to, to succeed and win. I, I found it quite remarkable that, you know, I, I think if, uh, if I got to my latter years and, <laughs> you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be yeah. obsessed with football the way he is. And, yeah. um, I, I, I found it, um, like I say, I found it incredible just how how driven the man was to um, to to take the club to the next level and then push on again. Which you know, in, in one sense, is quite remarkable um, and, and exciting. On the, the flip side of it is, you know, if once he's achieved what he does here, if then he needs to find a new challenge. That would be quite a concern because. Somebody like him is, is absolutely irreplaceable. Yeah. In, in football, you know, there is there is no other Pep Guardiola. He is quite unique. Yeah. That's a fascinating insight into to somebody who's such a such a star in, in world football. Um, and Andy, just bringing it back finally to to Argyle, they're in um, a, a little bit of a relegation battle. They're they're fifteenth in the table, but just four points clear of the uh, the relegation zone with. Five games to go. Um, you, you'll have been involved in promotion and relegation battles. You know what's, you know what 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 does a team need to do in the in the closing five games to uh, apart from obviously win games? What sort of mentality temperament do you need when you you need in a, just a, a win or two more to make sure you stay up? Yeah. 
find a way to do it. You know, there's there's more than enough quality in the squad, and and, and I'm sure Derek uh, Derek will, uh, will will find a way to get them points. Andy, on behalf of uh, all our listeners, thank you very much for giving up your time to have a chat with us. It's been great to sort of reflect on your time at Argyle, your career and, and, and what you're up to now. So um, thank you very much and, and the best of luck for the, uh, the Welsh Cup final on May the 5th. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Andy. Well, as I said to uh, Andy, thanks very much for, for his company. Really uh, good to catch up with him and... Uh, hope all you Algar fans uh, enjoyed listening to what uh, Andy had to say. Certainly uh, interesting how close a ties he has with Manchester City at the moment and uh, the fact that uh, he's had the chance to, to meet Pep Guardiola and uh, you know learn a little bit of, of, of you know arguably the world's greatest football coach. So um, fascinating stuff. Thanks to Andy for joining us. Um, before we finish, um, we've had some questions on our uh, Facebook page, uh, Argyle Chat Podcast. If you type that in, You'll find our page. Um, be great to have you uh, liking that page, and uh, it's a way that you can ask your questions for, for podcasts in the future. Uh, we've had a couple of questions uh, that I was looking to answer. First of all, from Dave Searle. Dave says, uh, "Does Adam Adams ever have a plan B? Taylor does nothing off the bench, and we only we've only come from behind once this season against Coventry. Now, I think Dave's referring to the the victory against Coventry at home park where." Ruben Ramirez scored a couple of goals against his former side as Argyle came back. And yes, that is a worrying stat, isn't it? That Argyle have only come from behind once this season. And uh, it does mean that if you can see the first goal in games, it, it makes life very difficult uh, for the team because they haven't got that confidence that's built up that they know they can come from behind. When you've done it three or four times, it's not too much of a concern. But when you know in the back of your mind it, it has been an issue and you haven't been able to do that, then it makes conceding that first goal even more important. Um, Dave mentioned, does Adams ever have a plan B? I think there was quite a few plans on the show, if I'm honest, uh, Dave, on Saturday. Um, you, know, you, you expected Argyle maybe to play 4-2-3-1. Uh, they started by playing a midfield uh, diamond formation to, to match up with Charlton, and it meant that uh, Ruben Lemires played up front with Freddie Ladapo, you know, Carey at the top of the uh, diamond, uh, David Fox at the base, and Anthony Sarsavik and, and Jamie Ness in the in the middle. And, and as I said uh, in the first part of the podcast, I thought that worked well for the first 40 minutes. When things started going against Argyle in the second half, there were a, a number of different formations tried. Ryan Taylor came off the bench and uh, Freddie Ladapo moved out to the right. I'd agree with you, Dave, that Ryan Taylor has struggled to make an impact coming off the bench this season. It's been a, a difficult season for him. He, he had a disrupted summer with the ankle problems he had at the back end of last season. He's never really got a regular run of games in the team. Then Freddie Ladapo's come into the team. He's got that central striker role. Terry Adams only really plays with one central striker up front. So Ryan Taylor spent a lot of the time on the bench. He hasn't been able to get a good amount of game time. And um, it's just not really worked for him this season, unfortunately. So um, I think when you're 2-0 down and you've got a Ryan Taylor on the bench, you're always going to called upon him but it hasn't really clicked when he and uh, Freddie Ladapo have been on the pitch this season so uh, uh, I think there was plenty of plans in operation on Saturday against Charlton uh, plan I worked well until Charlton took the lead but then the uh, the subsequent plans didn't really uh, lead to uh, to any improvement from Argyle in the second half and the other question and it, it does seem to be a talking point at the moment uh, comes from Michael Day 
It seems to me it's time for Carl Leverin to take over. He had better go better results and less goals conceded when uh, Kyle was fit and playing earlier in this year. Is it a coincidence or does he have a better command of his area? Well, you know, the the stats are, are there, aren't they? You know, Carl Leverin came into the team at the end of December when Matt Macy was injured and Argyle went on a good round of results and uh, and Carl Leverin played well and kept some clean sheets. What was the upturn in, in results for Argyle uh, post-Christmas? Solely down to him, of course not. Ryan, Ruben Ramirez was a big part. The team as a whole played a lot better. But... Um, yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that you know Leatherman came in, was a settled back four, and, and things started you know clicking for Argyle. Um, Leatherman was was injured in the two 0 defeat at, at Sunderland on March the second. Matt Macy's played ever since, and uh, you know it's got to be in Derek Adams's mind now whether to make a change of goalkeeper. That's uh, you know not being unduly harsh on on Matt Macy. Um, he's had some good games. But if you look at the stats, I think it's the last four games now that Argyle have conceded two goals in each of them. Now, again, that's not all down to Matt Macy, but when you're conceding goals and, and you're not getting wins, then the manager is going to look at trying to tweak the defence and the, the rear guard as a whole to see if uh, things can tighten up. So you wouldn't be surprised if Carl Leverin came back into the side, uh, maybe even against Doncaster Rovers away on Saturday. You wouldn't be surprised if Lloyd-Jones uh, got a go at centre-back. He uh, hasn't started a game since signing on loan from Luton, has he, at the end of January. He must be champing at the bit to, to get his a chance. Do you put Jan Songo back at centre-back? Do you play him as uh, one of two centre-backs or as three centre-backs? There's there's all sorts of options for Derek Adams. And uh, I did a piece over the weekend on the Plymouth Live website suggesting that um, there's a number of options and now when, you're, when you've had the results that Argyle have had in the last few games, you know, you would imagine that Derek Adams is going to be thinking about uh, changes. So it will be fascinating to see when the, the team sheet comes out at, up at Doncaster Rovers, the Keepmoat Stadium on Saturday, to see uh, what changes, if any, uh, the manager decides to make. So thanks for those questions. Like I say, if you've ever got questions for the podcast, go onto the Facebook um, page and feel free to put the questions there and we'll uh, do our very best to answer them when we can. So that's the podcast for, for this week. Thank you very much for your company as always. Uh, like I say, it was good to catch up with on Andy Morrison. We've got a few irons in the fire on um, future guests, so we'll, we'll bring you more details on that. And uh, watch out for the uh, Plymouth Live website for the rest of the week as we uh, build up to the away game against Doncaster Rovers on Saturday. So uh, that's all. Thanks very much for your company.